action. Hello and welcome to another episode of Your Average Critics, joined as usual by Obi and Chris. How are you both? I'm good, mate. Good. You? Yeah, I'm all good. It's uh, the penultimate day of not being allowed to socialise in people's gardens, uh, which, you know, tomorrow's a big day. Yeah, um, man. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. Lauren and I don't have any uh, friends in the town we live in, so we don't also have a garden, so it doesn't <laughs> make, make any difference for us. <laughs> Sit in, uh, in Tesco uh, car park, mate. Yeah, we might just like hop over some random fence and be like, hello, we're allowed in your garden now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hopefully it's the start of the end of lockdowns. But yeah, um, nice. today we're going to be talking about uh, superhero stuff as usual. Uh, Invincible, which is the new animated adult kind of superhero series on Amazon Prime. We've got episode two of Falcon and Winter Soldier. Uh, TV with Behind Her Eyes, which is uh, a couple of weeks ago was, was sort of doing the rounds on Twitter because people were sort of shocked at the ending, so we can get into that. Um, and then Oscar contender Judas and the Black Messiah, uh, Amy Poehler's direct de- directorial debut Moxie, and uh, contender for one of the worst films of the last 10 years Ooh. in Capone. Um, Sorry, just to interrupt quickly. One of these days, I suppose maybe after Falcon Winter Soldier is finished, we need to try and do an episode where we don't mention any superhero stuff at all. Oh my gosh. Can you imagine though? <laughs> It'd be about 10 minutes long. <laughs> <laughs> it'll be like uh, I caught the end of the news and uh, it was depressing end of pod oh, but yeah sorry carry on but, I mean you know I, I mean on that subject though um, Disney have sort of pushed back a lot of their films again and um, so Black Widow is now due out in July um, which has then pushed back the Eternals um, so it's going to be <laughs> that's peak yeah, but I mean, it's only till like November, so you've got Black Widow in July, so mm. Loki in June, Black Widow July, mm. I think What If is coming out in the summer maybe, yeah. and then you've got Eternals and then um, Spider-Man 3, so. Um, did we talk about um, uh, Black Widow, Deadpool or Disney Plus, did we talk about that? No, but yes, so that's what they've said, they're going to simultaneously release it in cinemas and on Disney Plus Premier Access. So again, having to pay for it. Um, mm. I think you said in the chat, Obi, you'd rather pay for it at the cinema than on Disney Plus. Yeah, 100%. For, well, I imagine it would be, it's $30, isn't it? What's that in pounds? Probably like 20 something pounds, isn't it? Yeah. Why, it's 30 quid? Yeah, that's long. Oh, God, you pay like, you know, 12, 13 pounds in the cinema, so. Mm. Much better the experience as well in the cinema to watching it on my ones at home. How how, how many times do you get to watch it for thirty quid? That's a good question. I think you get it for thirty days. Is it thirty days? <laughs> you get it for thirty days for thirty quid. So. Oh, I might, I might be chatting shit. Blockbuster, mate. Man, do I miss Blockbuster? Well, I only paid twelve pounds for a Sky Cinema pass to watch Justice League. I mean, to be fair, there wasn't really much else on the service I wanted to watch but even so 12 quid for you know being able to watch Justice League yeah but that's almost like the cinema experience though isn't it that's a 12 12 quid is uh, justifiable isn't it because you could say if it was at the cinema I would have paid 12 quid for a ticket yeah that that was my justification for it but uh, 30 quid for Premier Access to be fair um, sorry just to correct myself 
Um, so it says, I just Googled what Premier Access is. Um, it says, once purchased, Disney Plus members can continue to stream on down- or download the film for as long as they remain a subscriber. Okay. Right, so 30 quid become, makes you a premium member, right? And how long is that premium membership for 30 quid last? A year? Well, I don't know if, I don't know if it's you have to pay 30 and then you get that for an extra year or if you pay 30. I thought it was 30 per film. <laughs> That's what I thought, but what you said is better actually, so I hope it's what, I hope is what you said. Cause that makes more sense. Yeah. I mean, so there's a, a Pixar film coming out. Is it, um, Luca? Oh, yeah, the Last Dragon. Oh. oh, Luca, sorry, I thought you were talking, oh, we're talking about different things. So yeah, Luca's also coming out. But they're putting that onto Disney Plus like they did with Soul, but not mm. with Premier Access. So why do you think they're, you know, they're sort of happy for the animation to just go on there? With, like free to air rather than mm. the kind of live action stuff because you know they they still do spend upwards of 150 million on their Pixar products so yeah. maybe they're maybe they're less or they're more willing to take losses on the animated stuff maybe because it doesn't make as much money and maybe because maybe they'll make more money back on like toys and stuff maybe I don't know that's a good point yeah ancillary products mm. um on on the on the thing with Justice League, I read, I think it was on Screen Rant, that um, I think it was HBO Max or Now TV um, said that only 30% of people actually finished Justice League. Really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know, like, you know, that, that could be taken quite out of context. Maybe people finished it later on or whatever, but yeah. That's <laughs> four hours, you know. I don't know what people would expect from a four-hour superhero film to sort of not finish it. Maybe they're just watching one every week, isn't it? Yeah, maybe. Um, but yeah, so, I mean, yeah, I don't know whether this will be the the final standings for the, the Disney um, release dates because, you know, they seem pretty final after the last time they changed it, but obviously it's all very dependent on um, COVID and stuff. Um, uh, and similarly... Sticking with the superhero theme, as we love to do. Um, the trailer for The Suicide Squad came out. So James Gunn's version, which is that a sequel? Is it a reboot? I don't. I, I actually don't know. Um, so. It felt like a sequel to me. It felt like a sequel to me as well. So they're very much going for the proper um, R-rated here. You know, there's bad mm. language, there's violence. Um, penis jokes. Penis jokes. There's a uh, yeah, is it King Shark ripping someone in half and <laughs> yeah. Id- Idris Elba saying fuck? So yeah, I mean, what did you guys think of this trailer? Um, I think it looks fun. Um, I'm looking forward to watching it, but uh, mostly because I feel like it can't be worse than the Suicide Squad, Suicide Squad film we got in 2016. And I also like the trailers for that as well. And the film ended up being garbage, so I'm taking those with a pinch of salt. Um, <laughs> the fact that it's James Gunn in there makes me think, okay, this is probably just going to be Guardians of the Galaxy, but DC. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I think it's it's going to be like a fun film. I think so. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, that's the vibe I got as well. Um, I think the I think Suicide Squad tried to be quite like dark and sort of mm. I guess gritty, and then since kind of Birds of Prey, you know, that was very much like colourful and, mm. you know, still gritty, but uh, not quite sombre as kind of DCE was up until that point. So, yeah. 
yeah, I, I'm. I will. I will. I will watch. Watch it. I look forward to it. I think there's some good actors in there as well. Whether they last very long or not, I think the tagline for this film is "Don't get attached." Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Listen, also... we know. We know certain people. Are, like we know. So, for example, Idris Elba's making it. Harley Quinn's making it. John Cena's character is going to make it. And probably um, what's the geezer with um, the Australian fella? What's his name? Boomerang. That's the one. He'll probably make it. Everyone else is up for grabs, I think. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's going to be a Peacemaker show, TV, isn't there? Yeah, TV series, yeah. Which I think James Gunn is behind that as well. So that should be all okay, I think. So apparently uh, the Suicide Squad are called Task Force X, which is very much like X-Force. So, yeah, we, we, could, we could be getting all of these characters killed off comically. but Yeah. Well, okay. I'll, look, I'll look forward to that. Um, mm. As you say, it can't be too much worse than uh, than, the, than the first one. It really it is, can't. It, it is described as a, a standalone sequel, so... Mm. Yeah. I mean... A, that's a standalone the, sequel? What does that mean? <laughs> presumably, there won't be any further sequels. Oh, yeah. I, okay. I, t- okay. I take that as, as, as the, it's a standalone sequel, so the storyline is different. It's not a continuation of the storyline. Okay, no, that's a good point. Uh, I really hope the villain's not shit. That's all I'm saying. Uh, it says, when a work is set in the same universe, yet has very any narrative connection to its predecessor and can stand on its own without a thorough understanding of the series, it is a standalone sequel. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, yeah, so back into the, the content. Um, let, let's get Capone out of the way. Oh, quickly. Um, Sorry, can I just do one bit of film news? Just what oh, yeah. Might be worth mentioning. Um, George R. R. Martin signs a five-year deal worth eight figures with HBO. He will develop more content for the network and serve as producer on all Game of Thrones projects in development. I'm literally got my head in my hands. Like, motherfucker, just finish the book. <laughs> the, the last book came out in 2011. Mm. Like ten years. And I don't time, think he's ever going to finish it. You know, in that time he's fannying about with all these other projects. Like, no, just finish the goddamn books you've got mm. two books left the, the series has already been finished for like three years literally i saw a thing the other day of like all the um game of thrones type spin-offs that they had planned like low like i think one was filming the other one the, all the others were in development or in production or whatever and i was like i guarantee after this house of dragon or whatever it's called after that comes out i bet i reckon that's going to be not good and they're going to cancel everything else i guarantee it <laughs> i guarantee it yeah, I just don't I, care about it. Like, I'm done. I'm like, past it now. Mm, just don't care. Mm. That's the thing, isn't it? Is you sort of got to capitalise at the time on the kind of hype for that type of show. Mm. Um, cause now people sort of, I don't know if people will have an appetite for something in that universe. I, I would, but I would just rather he concentrate on finishing the books. I'd definitely watch it. But like, like you said, if you were capitalising on the hype, they should have fucking, um, they should have announced this and started making it after season six. <laughs> yeah, and have it released like the year after season eight finished or something. Yeah, yeah. But well, I mean, he's getting the bag, so mm. good for him, I guess. I guess he's not, he's not necessarily. If he's getting ten million or so, you know, tens of millions for the developing series, he's not going to get that much by finishing his books. So. Plus, we now all know how it ends. Mm. Well, well, at least, yeah, we know well. Yeah, we know how it ends, but 
I assume in his version there'll be a lot more um, fucking nuance to it. I would assume. True. Or hope anyway. Yeah, I, I enjoyed the books. They're you know, but whatever. I guess mm. I'm old school in that way. Um, any more film news? Uh, none from me. Okay. Well, Capone. Uh, it's a biographical drama film. Uh written and directed by Josh Trank, who has not had the best filmography. He did Fantastic Four, right? Yeah, so his first Mm. film, Chronicle, was well-received, and then he did Fantastic Four, which was not, Mm. and uh, now he's done Biff, which is also not very (laughs) well-received. But uh, it stars Tom Hardy as Al Capone, who was a gangster from, like, the 20s during the Prohibition era. Um, One, like, one of these... I think he eventually got done for tax fraud, Tax fraud, yeah. That was the only thing that could get him on. Yeah, it was quite a famous thing. Mm. Um, but rather than concentrating on the interesting aspects of Al Capone's life, um, Josh Trank has decided to focus on the last year of his life when he uh, shits himself yeah. uh, on a repeatedly basis. Yeah. Um, so it's yeah, it's on Capone after his 11-year sentence at the At- Atalanta, Atlanta, sorry, that's. Uh, Italian football club Atlanta <laughs> Penitentiary uh, he's got neurosyphilis and dementia um, and the whilst this is going on the FBI are still trying to find some like secret money he may or may not have hidden um, mm. co-starring Linda Cardinelli and uh, Matt Dillon amongst others mm. um, yeah I mean th- this film is trash sucks uh, but the point of this film sucks oh but what the fucking point? <laughs> I mean, I I don't know what like I I don't know what to put into words. Like, what was he seeing people? Was he not seeing people? Was he just going completely mad? So was I think mad- Matt Dillon's character, um, I think he was he was a vision of someone who, like an apparition of someone who he had killed. That, well, that how much that annoyed me, and I'm probably sure it annoyed you guys too. What annoyed you? Uh, um, so they established that character. What? Can you hear me? Sorry. Yeah. 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 Oh, okay. Sorry. Um, they established that character by um, someone ringing him, and he's mid fucking some girl, and yeah. they're like, and then it, it turns out I don't even know. Twenty minutes later, thirty minutes later, that he's not real, and I was like, well, what? Like, why what? did you have to have fucking that girl yeah. for one? And then why did you have? If maybe if it was if it was Capone ringing him, I'd be like, okay, maybe that kind of made sense. But we don't even know who's ringing him, and I was just like, that annoyed me so much. I was like, so stupid. Um, yeah, yeah, it made absolutely no sense. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I just don't see why they focused on this part of his life. It's it's he's literally, you know, you've got this revered sort of gangster um, who a lot of people know at least something about, and you reduce him to this. Pa- literally pathetic figure of someone yeah. who can't do anything for themselves, uh, doesn't have a memory. It just is not interesting. I would have. No. I don't think there are loads of films about Al Capone in his heyday. So, you know, you've got Tom Hardy who has previous with the Cray Twins. Mm. You know, he could easily play Al Capone in his prime. Yet, yeah, I don't know. It, it's just ridiculous. Um, one thing I didn't like as well is that, like, I just thought 
visually, he looked absolutely horrible. He looked like a zombie. Like, he looked like Prince Philip, if I'm being deadly honest. Like, <laughs> he, like, I know that that's the point. He, like, he was like, literally like, near death, but I was just looking at him. Like, even looking at him and then hearing him speak or fe- try to speak, I was just like, this is just not pleasing in any way, shape or form. Like, yeah. I just, it's not a film anyone... Like, if I'm, I'm, maybe I'm speaking out of, ter- out of uh, turn here, but like, it's not a film anyone has like would want to see like mm. I don't think like I just, I just don't get it I literally just don't it. get it I, I would love to know it. what he was going for Josh, Josh yeah. Trank like what he wanted to convey because obviously I get do you know what? I kind of get that this all powerful character suddenly is reduced to like a you know a shadow of himself okay I understand that but like for people who don't know, like, I don't really know anything about Al Capone, if I'm being honest. Like, I feel like they could have maybe done a bit more, like, even even maybe some flashbacks. I know they tried, they kind of did one, maybe, uh, when uh, they were stabbing the guy in the neck repeatedly. But, like, maybe, like, show flashbacks to show us what he was about, who he is kind of thing. And then you had the bits with, like, the fucking, with the police who were, like, watching him. And then you had literally, like, one scene with the police and they were, like, um, what did they say? They said... He said, oh, yeah, I don't give a shit about Al Capone. Newsflash, neither do we. And then <laughs> he's like, oh, yeah, you've got this one more chance to get information out of him. Next scene, goes through his house. Uh, Al Capone shits himself. Never see the police ever again. Yeah. Like, what's the point? And then there was uh, the bit... Sorry, actually, go ahead, go ahead. Sorry. Well, I was going to say, like, if, if, if the first, like, hour and a half of this film was him in his heyday and then you see him slowly decline mm. then you might have some empathy for him mm. um but right from the get-go he's just a not a you know just nothing he's just you know a decaying person and not like him either exactly i mean what is it with tom hardy and just being incoherent in films <laughs> oh, oh. The voice, i would love to know if that was actually how al capone sounded at that time because it was literally just horrible to hear like, properly horrible. Was, oh. And even the, bit of, the thing with his son, I was like, who fucking cares? Like, oh, God. I just didn't care about <laughs> this film at all. It's generally one of the worst films I've seen this year. And in a, in a long time. It's the worst film I've seen in a long time. It's just bad. Yeah. I mean, it's it's worse than Sleepless. Oh, 100%. 100%. <laughs> um, the, Sleepless was mildly entertaining. This was just not. And the thing is, it's like, you know, with, with um, Fantastic Four, you can sort of you know, you could argue that the reason it wasn't well received was because it was sort of fiddled about with in production or whatever. Mm. But this is literally written, edited, and directed by Josh Trank. Yeah, that's mad. So not it's all, not it's all uh, on you, mate. Uh, it's all on you, mate. And <laughs> you know, two out of three being duds. I think you yeah. know it makes it makes Chronicle look like a, a sort of fluke. <laughs> and if I'm being honest, Chronicle's not amazing. Chronicle's decent. I wouldn't call Chronicle like you know. Which, what's Chronicle? Like? I'm the one with Mark B. Jordan and the weird-looking geezer. Can't remember. Dane Dahan. That's the one. Is it like the? It was like the found footage sci-fi superhero yeah. thing. Yeah. Oh yeah, this is decent. Yeah, this film just had no sense of direction. And even the bits where he was like hallucinating, but then you weren't sure he's hallucinating. Obviously, like nearish the end, he goes off and starts killing other people. And I was watching it thinking, like, is this real? And then he goes into the water (laughs) and I was like, okay, it's not real. And then he wakes up 
and he's just staring some boy in the face. Who's that boy? We don't even know who that. Who's that boy? Don't know. And then even when in that flashback, he's staring at that boy, and he's at some fucking house thing, and there's like a meadow or whatever, and he's bald. And I'm like, why are you bald? You haven't been bald at any part during this film. Like, what is going on? I was so confused. (laughs) Yeah, it's making it's making Chronicle look like a meat chew Swansea season, you know, just a flash of the pan. But, that's bad. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm so curious to know if he gets another big-ish film to do because I feel like you're just rewarding failure at this point if he gets exactly. Who who's who is giving him? Who's going to give him money now to make a film? Mm. <sighs> yeah, not so. Our consensus is would not recommend. I think I would probably give it a one. Um, right there with you. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. why why it's getting a one, I do not know, but it's getting Yeah. A I don't actually to be fair, there aren't really any redeeming factors, so like the, might... all the acting, I suppose he did act the character that he was meant to be acting mm. well, I guess. But yeah. there wasn't much for him to do. Yeah. Yeah, it's just it's just str- a strange film all round, like why it even exists. But shit show, mate, literal shit show. It's only redeeming <laughs> quality. It's only redeeming quality that it's not that long. Yeah, yeah. hour forty-five, isn't it? Yeah, that yeah. garbage. Anyway, well, I think we should go from the ridiculous to the sublime. Um, in let's talk about Oscar-nominated Judas and the Black Messiah. Um, so another biographical drama film, um, this time focusing on uh, Fred Hampton, who was the chairman of the Illinois Black Panther Party in the late 60s, um, and William O'Neill, who is a uh, was an FBI informant who sort of infiltrated that kind of faction of the Black Panther Party. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically, yeah, that betrayal of William O'Neill, uh, of Fred Hampton, sorry, by William O'Neill. Um, so... Mm-hmm. This is how you make a biographical drama film. Mm-hmm. Um, directed, um, sorry, f- played, so Fred Hampton's played by Daniel Kaluuya, William O'Neill's played by Lakeith Stanfield, and it's directed by Shaka King, um, who I think last week we discussed, you know, is not nominated for an Oscar, but, mm-hmm. um, the two leads are. Um, so this is, a, this is a, it's sort of like a companion piece in a s- small way to Trial of Chicago 7, because there was a, um, I was just about to say this. Yeah, sorry. Because that focuses on the same time, well, similar time period, and there is mm. also reference to Fred Hampton in the trial of Chicago 7. And then, mm. who's the guy that um, Yaya Abdul-Mateen plays in the trial of Chicago uh, 7? Bobby Seale. Yeah, and then there's a reference to Bobby Seale in this film as well. So they sort of are, are like, you know, uh, of, of you know companion pieces. Um, but yeah, I mean... Chris, I think you finished watching this most recently. What, what did you think of it? Um, yes, yeah, so I thought it was good. I thought it was an interesting film. Um, learned stuff that I didn't know about quite a bit, actually. Um, I would have actually liked to have seen a bit more. Maybe, maybe you 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 probably both disagree, might disagree, but I'd actually like to have seen more of like what Fred Hampton done. Mm. Like I feel like, although yeah, we're we're talking about the Judas amongst them, which implied by the title, I feel like Fred Hampton and the stuff he did could have been spoke about a bit more. But 
I thought it was a very well structured film. I thought uh, biopic, sorry. I thought it was insightful um, into what what happened, and I just thought the ending was flipping brutal as well, mm. which tied in which tied in with what we heard in the trial of the Chicago Seven or whatever the film was called. Mm. Um, yeah, it was very well acted by all, all people, mm. um, and very. I, I like it when they give you the info at the end as well. Yeah, I love that, yeah. After. Uh, and like what you said, obviously, Glenn, you alluded to it just before I uh, watched that part as well. But uh, the guy having the interview and then the next day killing himself. Mm. Uh, it obviously, I feel like it would seem that in real life, the real life version of the guy, he was a bit more... Not he, he acted as, as if he didn't care for what he was doing, mm. while the one we see on the biopic obviously did have uh, he did obviously feel bad for what he was doing, but mm. just continued to do it anyway because well, Money, life was threatened and, been, and he was blackmailed, yeah, yeah. So uh, that obviously is more reflected in the fact that he then killed himself after giving the interview about it. So mm. yeah, man, it's um. Some parts are hard to take in as well. Like mm. it's mad to think that. Well, I mean, it still happens to today. But like how how brutally how brutal it was back then, and how um how people had to get their point across, and like it was, yeah, it's hard to put into words really. But mm. I think it's a good film, very good film. I, I remember saying to you, Ob, after I watched it, like um, in the real life interview, William O'Neill doesn't seem that repentant about what mm. he's done. He just comes across like, yeah, I did it, you know, it's what happened. Because um, he's literally like, you know, betraying, um, you know, the, the kind of struggles of, of yeah. his race. And um, he gives his excuses then, as well, doesn't he? Yeah. As to why he did it. But. but then obviously, you know, then sort of the caveat to that is, well, you know, he did feel something now that he took his own life afterwards. Mm. Um, I, I thought it was it was a really engaging film. I think, yeah. I think it focuses a lot more on William O'Neill than Fred Hampton. I mean, he's also Fred Hampton also spends a period of time in prison during this film. Um, But Daniel Kaluuya is just going from strength to strength, really. Mm. I mean, he's lean. My gosh, (laughs) that that man can lean. But um, (laughs) he does it also in. um, Is it Widows? He's in. Yeah, Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, he's looking with his head tilted. I was like, he's got that lean. but yeah I mean what I found interesting as well is like um, and this is just my ignorance to history but the fact that you know there were sort of two two or more conflicting sort of groups of of kind of politically active African Americans at the time and they also often disagreed about things and you'd sort of just think well surely you're all fighting for a similar cause so I found that really interesting. Um, but different ways of different ways of going about it, though, isn't it? It's kind of like how I mean, get, get me. Yeah, I was going to say, get me, get me if I'm wrong here, but it's like Martin Luther King and Malcolm X. They had the same like end vision, but different ways of going about it, right? Yeah. Mm. So yeah. Like, and didn't they? Didn't they? I thought it was quite interesting when they incorporate. They did they get the? I don't want to say. Did they, they get the next? Got white people, they got Latino people. Yeah. Yeah, that's no, I, thought, I thought I was mad. I didn't, I, not that's the thing. That's a, that, like you say, like Chris. That's something that you don't hear about, and I've never heard about. Like yeah. all of those groups uniting together against the police. Like you'd never hear about stuff like that. Yeah, 
because they don't put it in history books. Yeah. Mm. Kind of crazy, man. What did and you the, think of it? Oh, sorry, Chris. And I go and go and I just go and I can save my bit after. Um, yeah, I adore this film. I really do. Um, I've watched it twice. Um, like you said, Daniel Kaluuya, I'll watch, I'll watch that guy in anything. Like, I think he's probably, he, I'm trying to, like, I don't want to put a number on it, but he's one of the best actors out there at the minute. Um, Lakeith Stanfield as well. I think it's a testament to the pair of these that you can't really, you can't separate the two in terms of like, oh, who's, like, like I say, like, who's the lead and who's the support kind of thing. Like, um, I think they're both amazing in this film. Um, like Chris said earlier, like it is educational in a way. And for someone like, well, for people like us, who I think we grew up in the, obviously grew up in the UK, you don't get to really learn much about, um, you get to learn a little bit about, about like black civil rights, you know, you learn a bit about Martin Luther King, a bit about Malcolm X, but you don't hear anything about Black Panthers. Or at least I don't remember hearing anything about Black Panthers. Mm. Um, and it's just nice to like, yeah. And like, it sounds dumb, like, but I'm not, I rarely, rarely pick up like a history book and start reading about certain things. But things like mediums like this, TV, film, whatever, do inspire me to go then go and like read up about certain things and look about what else can I watch about this? What documentaries can I watch about this? Which I think is good because it like inspires people to get educated about things that happened in the past that are important. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Similar with like that episode of Small Axe we watched, wasn't Mm. it? Um, About the, the policeman, um, in London, you know, it's that that sort of thing you don't necessarily hear about in in kind of history at school or the way they. I mean, our history teachers are so boring, man. But <laughs> this this makes you think. Oh, actually, that's a really interesting piece of history that you know. Yeah, like you said, film and TV is a medium of of sort of getting that cross across in in quite a succinct way as well. For sure, for sure, um, and yeah, like. I just, I don't know, I don't even know what to say. Like, I fucking love this film. Like, I really do. Like, <laughs> I, I could, I could definitely watch it again. And like, I know the subject matter is heavy, and obviously, what happens at the end is really sad. But I don't know. I just really, really enjoy it and everything that leads up to it. Um, I, you, I, like for me, sometimes like, I just like, I mean, like I was earlier, I, put, I find it quite hard to put into words, like, like how to explain it. But mm. I just find it sometimes I just find it so crazy that like the world I know the world isn't perfect and I know real bad things still happen mm. I just can't believe like I can't, obviously I believe it but like it's mad to think that the world was like that mm. I mean mm. I know I know majority of these things are like portrayed in America but it's still mad it's mm. still the craziest thing that these things happen and then like what was it like was he his first or I don't know if it was his first arrest but the first that the first time we see him in jail wasn't it for like Supposedly stealing, stealing ice cream. I was like, "What the yeah. fuck?" I know, oh, right? Mental, absolute insanity. Even the fact when they were like, "Oh yeah, he's going back to prison." Like we got him, yeah. Like you know that meme, like ladies and gentlemen, we got him. Like yeah, yeah. And then and then like, oh, no, that's not enough. Like this 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 guy's got to die. Like and mm. you're like and then I'm just like, oh bro. And even like the whole the flipping police, um, FBI, even and when they're like sending their like. They're doing the, the William O'Neill thing with other people and sending him into other uh, Black Panther headquarters and then you've got an excuse to go and raid those places and then also the people there will go and like that guy who was a snitch, he ended up killing another person who wasn't a snitch but he called him a snitch and it's like the FBI, they're so flipping like they were puppeteering this whole fucking thing to bring down who, these people who they thought were terrorists, right? But then you've got 
like the Ku Klux Klan, which they compared to the Ku Klux Klan, but then you got the Ku Klux Klan, but you never ever, I've never heard of the FBI directly going after people in the Ku Klux Klan. Like, yeah. you never yeah. hear about stuff like that, ever. But like, when it's black people, then suddenly you're like, oh yeah, no, nah, these guys can't get too, too rowdy, we've got to stop, do something to stop them. And I just thought, honestly, it's just... Yeah, think, like, like I said, it's nuts. Yeah, and that, like, the, like, not saying that, 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 that the FBI guy was ever doing it for the right reasons, but it's like, as the film went on, he became more and more corrupt, and I was just like, this is mm. fucking madness. Do you know what it is as well? Like, I don't know, so like I said, I don't know how... I think it's a little bit unclear as to how that FBI guy felt about the situation, but it would have been interesting to know... I don't know if he's in any documentaries or anything, but it would have been interesting to know how conflicted he felt about the situation because I felt like there was a moment when he found out about how the FBI were sending stitches into other places and doing all that, all that, all that stuff, and he was a bit like, oh. But I felt like there was a bit of conflict in his mind, maybe, but then he was like, oh, no, it's fine. So I'm curious yes, to know if... Like, but, but originally I thought, oh, he's in conflict because, like, obviously it's not right what they're doing but then I actually thought I thought about it as the film went on I thought oh, maybe he's just jealous because mm. he thought he had the idea first mm. and someone else has stolen his thunder that's mm. how that's how as the as the film progressed that's how I felt about it more like mm. as if I don't know it's but, so tricky but like yeah it's mad but, but Jesse Clemens' character Roy Mitchell I mean there was a point though when his boss was sort of like um, you know that sort of he was sort of like threatened in a way if he didn't kind of comply with what was going on. Mm. So you sort of think even at that point, you know, like even if people are a bit conflicted, like it's they've got other threats themselves, and it's mm. you know they're com- being complicit under duress in a way. Mm. Um, yeah, because he yeah. didn't want to answer the question, did he? Because he knew if he answered it, it almost felt like if he answered it in a way where he was like. It's so good. like when the, I think the guy, the the police sergeant was or whatever the guy was, he was like, "What are you gonna do if your eight year old brings home a black man, wasn't it, or something?" Yeah. And it's like a bit harsher than that, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it's almost like if he had answered with "That's okay," then that's his career over. And mm. yeah, it's just yeah, it's horrible, man. It's horrible. Yeah. Only, and this is only a film of start portraying it. Like, this is the thing, like, this is probably even, glar- like, not glamorising it, but, like, uh, making it not as as harsh as it probably was in real life. A um, couple of last things I just wanted to say. I thought um, the Keith Stanford does a really good job of, like, portraying... There are moments where you're like, OK, he's just in it for himself kind of thing. And then they think there are moments where he's like, I actually cares about this situation. I think he does a good job of portraying someone who was like confused about what he wanted and what he wanted to do in that scenario. Mm-hmm. Um, the only thing, so this is, and this isn't the slight against the Keith Sanford at all, but like the only thing is that um, you find out, I don't know if they say it in, in the little bits at the end or, or not, but Roy O'Neill, no, that's it. Roy O'Neill, Bill O'Neill, sorry, um, was, was 17 years old when he, when all this, when all this kicked off. Um, and the Keith Sanford's, 30 maybe I don't know if, like so it doesn't quite portray like how young he was to be Bro, involved in all of this 17 yeah Fred Upton was 20 was 21 they should have made they should have made that clear <laughs> they both look a lot older than that much older much older <laughs> I Era. thought they were like 30 yeah, yeah. well they so, all like, may be like that young I reckon so around about that age 
Um, that's that's yeah, bad. like that's the only slight I have against the film is that they don't look those ages, but I can excuse that because the performances are so good. Um, mm. And yeah, even listening to that, so like that speech that Fred Hampton gives where he's like, um, when he's out of prison and stuff like that, like, I remember listening to that, the little clip of it they had in the trailer like a thousand times because I really enjoyed it. And then even when they did it in the film, I listened to it like a thousand times because I really enjoy it. Like, I'd follow that man into war, like, literally. Like, <laughs> fuck it. <laughs> Let's go. It's, it's the speech where they're, like, trying to give him money to help him. Um, it's just before it's, that. So it's just, uh, yeah, it's okay. just before that, yeah. When he's dressed like saying, shouting, I am a revolutionary. And it's the one where you see the FBI guy in the crowd just, like, chilling, like, seeing what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. I've always quite impactful, though, the scene after the, the, one, I, the one I was thinking of, like, when they're just trying to give him money to like obviously like flee isn't it yeah and he's saying why are you giving me money when we can use this to build a clinic and stuff like that yeah i thought that i thought that was really impactful like he's genuinely like just trying to build a better life for everyone Mm. like try and do the best he can and like you put it in someone's name then they can never tarnish that name kind of thing and it's just Mm. like yeah it's inspiring but um yeah i'm sure it'll I'm sure it'll win at least one Oscar in the I major categories. So. Hey? What else is in Best Picture? Can you then already let me get it up right now? Sorry. Okay. <laughs> no, uh, give me two seconds. Uh, I think um, I think Promising Young Woman, which is coming out on Now TV in mid-April, I think that's on it. Yeah. Is that right. So it's um, got, we've got um, Sound of Metal, uh, which comes out on Amazon soon. So I think we should watch that. Yeah. Um, Mank, uh, which I think Danny said is on Netflix, right? Yeah. So I need to watch that sometime soon. Minari. I don't know what that's on. Uh Promising Young Woman, uh, which we'll talk about soon. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the Father, <laughs> which I haven't seen yet. I don't know what that's, if that's on any streaming. Uh, I've not seen Bat- it anywhere. Judas and the Black Messiah. Uh, Charles Chicago 7, which we've all seen. And Nomadland, which comes out on Star soon. So at least we'll be able to watch a few of them. Yeah. 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 Cool, so yeah. out of those ones, I... I well... I've only seen, so far, I've only seen Promising Young Woman, Juice of Black Messiah, and Ch- Trial of Chicago 7. All very good, but I prefer Juice of Black Messiah. Yeah, I think Trial of Chicago 7, it's, it, uh, I don't know, I think it's only sort of, it's just quite wordy, hence why it's been nominated for an Oscar, but I don't mm. think it, I didn't watch it and I was like, oh, wow, this was like brilliant. Mm-hmm. Um, we have had some stellar years, like when, you always come back to it though, but like Moonlight and Fences and that, that year, year was flipping um, stacked. That year, even even the year that American Sniper and Foxcatcher, mm. all of those films came out. Like you, just every film that was nominated, you're like, bloody hell, this could win it. Whereas, oh yeah, like Mank isn't that good in my opinion, mm. um, but I can see why it's nominated for an Oscar because it's very Oscar baity. But yeah, I think quickly in 2017, so the nominees were La La Land, Arrival, Lion, Hell or High Water, Hidden Figures, Moonlight, Hacksaw Ridge. Manchester by the Sea and Fences. I mean, on first watch, there is not a single weak film there. On second watch, La La Land sucks, but um, <laughs> that is probably the biggest fall off of a film that I've ever encountered watching I it a second time. I only watched it the one time, to be fair. I don't first, think it did that highly on the first watch. Yeah, I didn't love it, but I thought it was okay. I think I was just caught up in Ryan Gosling. Mm. Don't blame me. Don't blame me. Mate, you were singing and dancing, mate. You were singing and dancing, mate. City of stars, are you shining? Just oh, probably get 
in trouble with that, copyright or something. You're allowed uh, five seconds, mate. You're allowed five oh, seconds. Oh, wait, okay, that's good. All rights reserved to whoever wrote that fucking thing. So it's not, mm-hmm. you know, I claim no responsibility or copyright. Um, <laughs> right, let's, let's move on to uh, another Netflix film, um, Moxie, uh, which is the directorial debut of Amy Poehler. Um, I think oh, did she direct it? That's good. Ooh. Yeah. She also mm-hmm. appears in it, but she's yeah. from um, that sitcom show that people like. Parks and Rec, um, and she's been in, you know, other... She looks so different in this film. She does look quite different in this, doesn't she? Well, yeah. I think this is age, to be fair. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it focuses on uh, a teenage girl um, who is sort of, like, quite shy initially, but um, there's sort of she sort of gets uh, involved in kind of like a feminist movement at school and she sort of puts out these magazines anonymously under the name of Moxie, which inspires a lot of other people in her school to sort of, um, you know, unite and take a stand against uh, particularly um, Patrick Schwarzenegger's character, who is a bit of a uh, sex pest um, and a bully and, and things like that. So it's quite a sort of... That's, that's Patrick... Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Mm. Arnold's son. Mm. Um, yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, it's quite like a, you know, coming of age, um, sort of, yeah, feminist, like young feminist film, or has that sort of message, which I think is really, you know, positive. Um, I quite like this film, actually. It wasn't super funny, but I, I really liked the way it was, was done. Um, and the message was really, yeah, it came across, it didn't come across to me like really preachy. It was just sort of like, you know, this is, you know, an engaging way of, of portraying this, this important message in kind of mm. uh, secondary schools in America. Um, but what, what did you guys think? Um, I'll, go far, I'll go quickly. Um, I like it. I think it's a good film. Um, I like, I think, do you know what? It's rare that I think I watch a film about, about like a teen film and I'm like, and I don't think like at least one of the actors is shit. Like, I feel like in this film, everyone who had a decent amount of lines was pretty good. Um, I enjoyed the lead character. Um, I'm I'm a bit like there was a bit of me that was kind of like, and I wish I could ask a woman about this, um, but I don't know. I haven't spoken to any women who have watched this, so I don't know um, how they felt about how like this feminist, uh, how this whole thing was portrayed. I'm curious to know how, like, because um, I'm not super involved in the feminist movement, um, so I don't really know how like the ins and outs of you know, how people feel about portraying this amongst young women and stuff like that. So I'm curious, I'd be curious to get a woman's thoughts on what they think of the film uh, in general. Um, but in, yeah, I, I liked it. I think there were a couple of things that I was a bit like, this is just uh, not good. <laughs> um, so in particular, there's a bit nearish to the end when, what's the one? Uh, Vivian. When Vivian gets upset because um, people to, who have stuff to do with Moxie are getting... Uh, uh, suspended and stuff and then she starts getting really really like off with everyone like her mum's boyfriend her actual boyfriend and then mm. her mum her and her mum are having an argument and then she starts crying and saying why doesn't dad want to see me for Christmas and I was like what the fuck are you talking about you haven't mentioned yeah, your dad once yeah that came up absolutely nowhere yeah you haven't mentioned your dad once in this whole film what are you on about like I was just like what the hell but I was really enjoying it up until that point I was just like what the fuck are you talking about um, mm. yeah that really annoyed me uh, but apart from that uh, yeah I like it I think the message is strong um, and I like the fact that um, 
uh, all these women, these young women, like banded together, and I also like the fact that they did have like a male uh, who was on their side as well. Like it wasn't all, it wasn't just male, but men versus women. Like there were mm. allies on the other side, kind of thing. So yeah, that was. So the, al- the, the ally in this is is Seth, who's who yeah. ends up being Vivian's boyfriend. Yeah, he's, um, he's, he was a cool guy. I like him. I Although, mean, the fucking... Oh, sorry, quickly. When they went to the funeral home for a date, I was like, this is bare weird. Like, yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> bare weird. It's, it's based on a novel, so maybe it's that. But you know, the, the dad bit was a bit like left field and, Literally, yeah, yeah, sort of used for, for what... I mean, I can tell the purpose is, you know, she doesn't have, you know, a good male figurehead in her life, but you could have... It just felt really bolted on. Yeah. Um, I think your your point about you know how do you know how would feminist women or just women in general receive this is, is an interesting point because I think this film to me is the same sort of sensibility as Love Simon in the sense that it's a very um, safe idealistic. and um, what did you say sorry idealistic exactly yes idealistic in the in the in the way that Seth is such a perfect boyfriend. In that he's, you know, respectful, he is supportive, you know, there is absolutely no flaws really to the character of Seth, which is not realistic. I mean, I'm probably the only male on this earth who is, you know, close to that. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Shut up. Um, But do you know what I mean? Like, it's, you know, it's, it's very, it is very safe and, and entry level in a way. Like, you know, it's, it's not, there's not too much kind of, conflict um, I, I was kind of hoping that there would be a moment where seth does something that maybe people would consider like that inverted commas toxic masculinity and then maybe he'd have to be educated on why what he did was wrong maybe i thought maybe there'd be a, like, a moment like that but like you said there wasn't he was like perfect but yeah there wasn't I mean, it wasn't the most realistic but again i don't think there's necessarily an issue with that mm. um because this audience is very much sort of like tween or young teen mm. um so you know, you don't you don't want to go too heavy. <laughs> um, I mean, the the reference to sexual assault is also very brief, which is very brief. Which I think, which I mean, I was like, yeah, I understand it, but I was kind of like, oh, you're kind of just like brushing over it, like not brushing over it, but it was like it was very very short section mentioned on it, and then you just see the guy going, the principal saying, oh, come with me, Patrick. What the fuck? Yeah, that's like, what? Um, Mitchell, sorry, not Patrick. Mitchell, uh, Patrick's yeah. Like, is, Patrick's his real life name, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and then there's that bit, and then there was also like a bits that they tagged, they, they they tagged on. So like, um, a couple of the 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 black women, like stood up on the little po- right at the end, stood up on the podium, and was like, yeah, and don't touch my hair, and da 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 And I was like, like put this more in the rest of the film. Don't just tag this on at the end. Like. Yeah, I did get a, the impression it was sort of like woke by numbers. Yeah, it was like right, we've covered that issue. Uh, maybe I'm being unfair, but it was sort of like yeah, I don't think it, there was. There was the thing, yeah, it all kind of happened quite quickly at the end, and you're sort of yeah. like, who's this character? You know, if it was one of the, um, you know, women we'd seen throughout the film who was sort of standing up, you'd be like, okay, I get that. But it was just some random who's just sort of using it as a platform, and it was like, right, we covered that, cool. <laughs> also, quickly, I thought the very idea, so like the first like interaction, no, sorry, second interaction you see between uh, Mitchell and Lucy, Mitchell spits in Lucy's drink, um, and I think, like, from from what you see of Lucy's character, she's not the per- sort of person who would just see, like, someone spits in their drink and she just allows it. Like, from what you see of her character in before that and also in the film, I felt like she would have 
throw drink at him, punch him or something like that, not just stand there. Because it's not like she looks... Fr- obviously, she said Mitchell's dangerous, which obviously you get that a character like that can be very, very dangerous in any like different scenario. But like she portrayed the sort of person who wasn't afraid of that sort of character. So I would have liked mm. to see her like retaliate in some way. And I just find it like ridiculous. I know it's probably could be realistic because obviously captain of the football team you want to keep good PR blah 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 but like you go and tell the principal and the principal does absolutely fuck all about it I just that just pissed me off like, it's probably quite realistic but I just thought that was fucking ridiculous but yeah sorry mm-hmm. yeah that's it <laughs> I just wanted to say that Chris sorry we've not heard about your thoughts on this film I was just letting you go with it boys <laughs> um, it, was a, it, was a, it was a decent film I don't know if I would have such a tight race for you to have, have on it um I I like the main character. I liked all the like equally the equal side characters. Um, I think, and I'd like to think I'm right in this one, but I feel like the the character of uh, now Patrick is only staying in my mind. But it's not Mitchell. Patrick. I feel like Mitchell's character is somewhat unrealistic. However, there are people who are like that, so maybe it is realistic. Mm. Also, I think her boyfriend's a very unrealistic character as well because I feel like. In that circumstance, social peer pressure would probably have made him make a mistake, like you said also, but maybe that's just me being negative. Um, mm. I feel like the principal, yes, I feel like some teachers in academically can be naive to situations around. I feel like she was being overly naive mm. to things around, and we weren't really alluded as to why she was being so naive about it. I think she just really, I think because, like you say, the guy was captain of the football team, all that, I think he's just because he's super popular, nobody wants to, like, upset the ecosystem, do you know what I mean? Yeah, I guess, but she's, like, the head of the... I know, team. I know. I, I, I did struggle with that that kind of dynamic a bit, but I, I did like the fact that, the, again, I've forgotten her name, but the girl who I, who I dub as Moxie, uh, she, I like that she spoke out and said all the things that we were probably thinking as an audience member, like, are you shagging mm. him? I'm pretty sure she said, or something like that. Is she? No, should you like him? <laughs> do you like him? Yeah, like it's like it's a very. Good I can't imagine Americans saying, "Are you shagging? Are you shagging? <laughs> are, you, are you shagging him?" <laughs> <laughs> but like, uh, I mean, it, again, it's a very good film. I agree. Like the outburst about the dad was, I like, I knew she was going to say it. I know it sounds weird, but like, it was, it was, it was literally like she had nothing else to say. And I thought, do you know what? She's going to say something like, it's going to piss me off here. Shout and out to Adrian Coulson, though. Sorry, I was yeah, to say that. mate, innit? Making, doing bits, mate. Doing bits. Um, yeah. Very <laughs> friend as well, because I obviously, like, she's right. There's there's different ways of doing things, but at the same time, like, she was always going to be, like, the odd one out if everyone around her was going to take part in the demonstration, I guess, against Just the way... To, um... Sorry, Chris, just to piggyback off what you said about the best friend, I also like the fact that um, the best friend kind of, like, says to her, like, I don't have the um, the privilege of being, like, reckless. Like, obviously, yeah. I'm, like, being strict Asian. Like, they have certain traditions and certain cultures that don't allow you to go around, you know, making magazines and defacing school property and da-da-da-da. So I appreciate that they kind of, like, put that in there as well, because obviously feminism for... Um, a young white woman will be different to feminism for a young black woman or feminism for a young Asian woman, Latin woman, blah, 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 blah. You know, it's not all exactly yeah. the same. It's not a monolith. There's, there's an interesting review of this film by um, Robbie Collin. I think it's the Daily Telegraph or The Guardian, one of those kind of posh papers. Um, 
And he is quite critical of this film by saying that um, the fact that it focuses on a young white person who, you know, you know, is very is hiding behind things but causing trouble. Which, yeah, I thought you know, this, but I didn't. I didn't know how to. Artic- I feel this way, but I didn't know how to articulate it. So I'm glad that you've said this now. Yeah, yeah he 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 says, you know, you know, she does have that privilege of of you know, if if one of the other characters um, who are quite diverse, you know, which is positive, but mm. um, Robbie Collin felt that it was quite tokenistic. Um, mm. But then again, Robbie Collin is a white male so mm. you know again you've also got a caveat like what you know what place is he coming from in, in his criticism of this i don't know mm. um but yeah it's it's interesting and you know it whilst the subject matter and the kind of diversity in the cast is is great it, it is still focusing on <laughs> a young white woman but you know baby steps yeah. um in a, in a sorry in a very um uh, random tangent. Did either of you watch The Good Fight? It's like a spin-off of The Good Wife. No. no. Okay. So I watched the first episode of so I watch I watch it. Uh, I watched the season four premiere the other day. Um and it was like to do with like Me Too and stuff like that. And basically they they dream of an alternate world where um Hillary Clinton becomes president instead of Donald Trump. But because of that, like all the Me Too stuff and the the movement, all that doesn't happen. So yeah, I just, it just mm. remind, when you said that, just now, it just reminded me of that, and I was thinking like, you know, it's weird how how things affect other things, like in terms of like, you know, and I'm wondering if like uh, that movement hadn't been as big as it was and is, um, we wouldn't get films like this, like Moxie and stuff like that. So yeah, so yeah, just thinking about for sure, that. for sure. Not to say, not to say anybody here thanks Donald Trump for being president, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> fuck that guy still. <laughs> um. Yeah, well, let's um, move on to. Should we go behind her eyes? Um, yeah. I just want to say, I, I I thought the film, although I didn't think it was the best film ever, I did think it was a good film and it had some good valid points. By the way, just, just want to throw that out there because that's very critical. Mm-hmm. Cool, some of the characters there. <laughs> it's, all, it's all good. Average critics, mate. Average critics. Exactly. True. I'm gonna go mute here because I only watched the first like ten minutes of the first episode. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Oh, okay. Do you want to read? We can talk about it. We can talk about it next week. Let's okay. Let's see for another week. We'll talk. I can try and crack on with it. It is the one where the woman meets a guy at the bar, and then she yeah, that one goes to him, and he kind of ducks away. Yeah, yeah. I just want to say, moral of the story of this one is mind your fucking business. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, interesting, interesting. Exactly, exactly. Okay, well, we've only got two topics left to cover. Um, let's go with The Falcon and The Winter Soldier um, or T-F-A-T-W-S as no one's calling it Um, so episode two so we're a third of the way through this season Um, so we've got the uh, very punchable John Walker who is is now officially Captain America Um, and uh, he and uh, his sidekick, who was his name, Starburst or something? <laughs> Battlestar, I think. Battlestar, that's it. No, aren't they part uh, of the Battlestar? Well, he says, he says, your, he says, my name's Lamar Hoskins, whatever it says, and they say, like, um, I need a bit more than just Lamar Hoskins, and he says, I'm Battlestar. 
Yeah, <laughs> and then they're like, nah, man. He's like, battle, stop, stop the car. I laughed for fucking ages. I'm not gonna lie. That's hilarious. I thought, oh. I thought that he meant he was part of the group Battlestar, not that his name was Battlestar. Fair enough. Exactly. Fair enough. So you got them, then, you know, they're kind of the new kind of heroes. Uh, Sam and Bucky reunite in this episode, but spend most of it bickering, um, like school children. And uh, you've also got some more development with the Flag Smashers. So um, it's revealed that, you know, a lot of them seem to have super kind of abilities. Um, there's sort of wider revelations that uh, the Super Soldier Serum may have been given to more people than we initially thought. So it was originally thought that just Steve, Bucky and I guess um, Bruce, Banner. Uh, Bruce Banner. Um, but now there seems to be quite a few, and there was a revelation that there was a super soldier at a similar time to Steve Rogers called Isaiah Bradley, um, who, yeah, I think Sam remarks, so there's been a black super soldier for decades and no one's said anything. Um, I think that's so interesting, by the way. Yeah, there was, there was quite, there's a really interesting sort of subplot of, of race in this, wasn't there? Mm. Um, so you've yeah, got. In this one, massively. So you've got, obviously, after that, when he, after Sam and Bucky visit Isaiah, their police pull up and, and they sort of get quite quickly antagonistic towards Sam. Um, mm. and they're like asking Bucky, is this man bothering you? And, and Sam's like, don't you know who this guy is? And in the, ironically, at the end, it's Bucky who gets arrested because there's a yeah. warrant out for his arrest. So, um, I think, you know, it's really important that, that Marvel are using these shows and the, you know the massive audience they'll command to to explore these things which aren't really explored too much in the films themselves there's also that uh comment from the kid who says oh you're black falcon then oh, he's like, funny. I'm not gonna he's mm-hmm. like no, i'm just falcon are you just are you black kid no you're just kid <laughs> which which again is really interesting though isn't it because you know a, a lot of characters um who are you know black comic book characters are called black something yeah, Black Panther, Black Adam. Um, there's also a fun, there's also a, a funny comment in this where Sam calls Bucky White Panther. Yeah. Um, because of his time in Wakanda. But yeah, it's just, it's, I think it's good that they're acknowledging these and having these sorts of conversations. Um, I wasn't hugely impressed with the episode overall, but I think the themes that it, it's sort of exploring are interesting. Well, I mean, what did you guys think of the episode? Yeah, I feel like it opens a lot of doors to different avenues that can go down this episode. Like, if there was a previous Winter Soldier, uh, not Winter Soldier, if there's a pre- uh, previous uh, Super Serum Soldier who who was the black gentleman whose name eludes me right now. Isaiah. Uh, Isaiah. That, has, that could be an interesting storyline to go down. Maybe we have a... For this, for this series, and maybe I don't know a prequel series at some point. Um, obviously, like you're saying, like the the racism that has is still about even after the blip has occurred in these areas. And um, what else is there? Yeah, obviously, like I, I, um, Agent America was as he's called for the time being Captain America. Um he he I I can't tell if he's gonna be a good guy or a bad guy in this because in my mind he just wants to do a job and he's trying to be 
as friendly as he can be, but at the end of the day, like he's got to put his foot down and do what what he thinks right is right, whether it is right or not. Which opens another can of worms, really, doesn't it? Because if they're both going to go fighting this flag smashes and they do it different ways and stuff like that. But yeah, I agree. Like, I don't think the episode was too thrilling, per se. Sorry, guys. I completely missed uh, the last, like, two minutes of conversation. Can you just catch me up? Apologies. I didn't really say much. I just rambled. I'm not going to lie to you, mate. I just said, like, how... <laughs> I just said how it's interesting that there's the... the Essentially, the black Captain America um, or the super serum soldier who we now got introduced to and I'm saying it lead it could lead to an interesting story for this series or it could in, lead to an interesting prequel series I suppose mm. at some point mm. and I'm saying how it's uh interesting that we well not interesting but it's we still got racism even after the blip uh as well mm. and then I was saying how uh Agent America as we know him currently as Captain America how he is trying to like show lend it open his uh, we'll see, put an arm out to help like mm. he, wants to, he wants to be with them but they're not they're being very resistant so he's kind of in the end just said well I'm going to do it my way because that's what yeah. I've been to do kind of thing which I kind of like I respect that they've done that angle of it like he's doing it his way but I don't know whether he's going to be a good guy or a bad guy I assume he's going to be good because he's they done do, all this do, like, war hero stuff isn't he so they do try and and give him some sort of depth, don't they, in this? You know, he sort of says, oh, I'm, you know, I, I'm sort of a bit nervous about this and, you know, I'm not actually a super soldier like Steve Rogers was. I am just a, an ordinary guy. So they tried to, yeah. you know, I thought they would just go down the route of this guy's just a knob because he's yeah. he's the new Captain America. But they tried to make you think, oh, actually, he's, you know, he's he's got some humanity and depth to him, um, but still yeah. looks very, very punchable. <laughs> they show his wife and then they also show... Like you assume that this Lamar Hoskins guy is um his like good friend as well. So Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just to build out what you were saying about them trying to humanise him. Because like you say, like I me, I hate his, this guy's guts, he hasn't even done that. <laughs> like um, but it's and like I say, it's annoyed me that in this episode he did nothing wrong and he's actually being like okay, like he's being alright and he's trying to like um get the band together kind of thing. But I just hate I can't stand him, I just hate him. <laughs> So if he if he loses the shield and becomes agent America, would you be more happy? Oh, 100 percent, hundred percent. Also, because then I can, I can love to hate him. Do you know what I mean? And also, um, just to say, I thought the tricks he was doing with the shield was very very decent. I like the, what they were doing with the shield in this episode mm-hmm. with a little fight and stuff. But um, can I get my overall thoughts on the episode? Or because yeah, yeah, sure. yeah. Um, so yeah, I liked this episode. I think I I think I liked it more than the opening episode um, not because there was like tons of action or anything the action scene I thought was fine you could take it or leave it um, I liked majority of the stuff with Bucky and Sam um, I thought that the stuff in therapy wasn't the best um, it kind of felt like it was a bit a bit too much I think then you said in the group chat it was a bit forced I think I completely agree yeah, with it wore very thin very quickly yeah it was too jokey mm. Mm. That's the thing, and like you've not seen, like we've seen Sam to be a joke character, but we've not seen Bucky be a jokey character at all. I don't think. Um, so yeah, it's interesting. It's an interesting dynamic, and obviously, normally you would get like you get the funny character, and then you get the straight man. So like together, 
if like that's normally how buddy cops how buddy comedies work like you get two kind of opposite characters these two seem kind of similar like so far and it'd be interesting to see how that dynamic goes or how it ch- if it changes um going forward um so yeah like that was interesting i think also that like uh the flag smash the flag smashers stuff was interesting and like it's funny because I've always been like I've been screaming from the hilltop since Infinity War came out, but yeah, I agree with Thanos, like I was on his side. Um this this group seem to be of that same you know, that same uh, ideology that, you know, um the world should go back to how it was during the blip. And even like it's funny because you see in Endgame, um, like I think there's like subtle mentions about how like um what am I trying to say? Sorry. There's like subtle mentions about how um like wildlife is doing and better and stuff like that and how things are things that Thanos intended like in terms of like resources and stuff like that might have been you know that might have been working you know and mm-hmm. if they go into that in, if they go into that in this trying to like empathize the flag smashing in terms of like yeah when the blip was on like everyone was calm like we had you know everyone had food everyone had shelter you know and now everyone comes back and then I think they, they kind of go into this as well I think Sam mentions the um like global repatriation society or something like that of like this basically people who are trying to put the world back together after all these people turned up out of the blue and probably are, a lot of them are homeless and stuff so um, yeah they don't, don't the flag smashers we see them in some sort of like displaced like refugee camp essentially yeah, um, yeah. and yeah. Don't, don't they make a point that they care more about the people that come back than the people who yeah, are, are have have lived through it because they're also displaced. You know what I mean? Mm. You've got people who've I think it was an Endgame like people have moved on with their lives like romantically or whatever, and all of a sudden your your ex husband comes back and you're like, oh hello. Yeah, literally, literally. Um, so yeah, I, I enjoyed the episode as well. I think they they put mentions of. Uh, someone called the Power Broker in there, so I'm curious to know who that's going to be and what his. I'm assuming this is the guy who's giving people super soldier powers, maybe because I think uh, the leader of it, Kara Kari, I think is my name. She gets a text saying like, "You stole what belonged to me, and I'm going to kill you." I'm assuming maybe she stole some super soldiers here and then gave it to people, kind of thing, so they could liberate mm-hmm. them. Um, so yeah, I'm curious to see how that's going to end up. Um, and also the thing with Zemo. Uh, Obviously, they're going to see him in prison. I don't know why. I just assumed that he'd like broken out or something, and he was he was out of prison. So I'm curious to see what the what that conversation. Well, I thought he was trying to be reformed by Black Panther. What Zemo? Yeah. Um, look, he tried to kill himself, and then Black Panther said, um, "That's too easy" or something like that. But yeah, I don't. Uh, I don't oh, know what we say. What happened after that? To be fair, um, presumably he just went to prison. Now he's just chilling. Um, but yeah, I'm curious to see how that conversation is going to go with him and Bucky, obviously, because. You know, he knows, like, or he knew the like, the right stuff to say to mind control Bucky. And I imagine he'll play into that somehow in the next episode. Um, but yeah, I don't know what I don't know what it was about this episode, but overall I just really enjoyed it. Like Chris said earlier as well about the Isaiah Bradley stuff. Um, I'm super interested in that. I really hope. Obviously, it's only six episodes, so I'd be surprised if they go into it more. But I would love it if they did, or if they gave us, like, a little mini-series about stuff that went on during that time and how, obviously you get the parallels of uh, Steve Rogers being portrayed as a hero, having a super soldier serum, and then you get uh, a black man who gets the exact same thing, goes to fight in war, comes back, and then gets treated like a lab rat. Um, yeah. That would be interesting themes to explore as well. Apparently, as well, the kid who answered the door for Sam and Bucky is, is like a comic book guy as well, uh, called Patriot. 
So that'd be interesting if they um put that together because people people think people are assuming that they're going to like try and start like Young Avengers basically throughout this whole these Netflix series and then maybe build up to a film for Young Avengers. Okay, that'd be an interesting little thing if they could yeah. do. It makes you uh, wonder as well. Um, yeah, no, actually, what was I going to say? <laughs> I don't know. I, it, I think I think it'd be um, a big missed opportunity if they don't continue that story in some way, shape, or form. Yeah, discuss it more. Whether it was a racial thing where they were experimenting on him because he he was the black super soldier, or would they have done it to all the super soldiers after the war? Probably would was a racial thing, to be fair. Mm. But like. It would have been int- and it would have been interesting to know if there's more than just two of them as well. Yeah, right. well, you'd presume that there's there's more because this guy for me, I don't know if you guys knew about this character from the comics or something, but this guy come out completely out of the blue. Yeah, me. no, me as me I as did. well. I think like I agree with you, Chris. Like it, it's a big it's a big topic to to just introduce and not pick up again because within this episode, it doesn't add loads to the plot of this series him going to see Isaiah, because essentially Isaiah's like, I can't really help you. Uh, so then they have to go to Zemo. If they wanted to just make it more efficient, they would have just gone straight to Zemo. But by introducing this character, it's very deliberate, and yeah. the themes it, that it, that you can then branch off of with that. Um, so yeah, I certainly hope that they continue you know, in some form, like whether it's prequel or you know flashbacks or, or whatever. But yeah, maybe not. maybe it's too too short time frame in this series because mm. we've still got four we've got four episodes left and I feel like there's quite a lot to cover um, I mean where, where do you and there'll be he'll be like heavily involved in season two maybe yeah where do you where do you guys see the rest of the series going then um, to be honest I I'm, I just assumed that Zemo was like on the run so now I'm wondering what the fuck is going to happen <laughs> in the next episode with them and him um so I, I'm just going to assume that maybe they kind of like team up with Zemo to to try and and maybe because Zemo is like oh yeah this his whole thing's like there should be no superheroes so maybe he wants to get rid of all these new super soldiers that are popping about um, then maybe combine that with we maybe we meet the power broker find out what all that's about but yeah I don't, I, to be honest with you I don't really know <laughs> where the series is going um, but I'm enjoying the ride so far. Do you think there's any place for sword in this in this series if it's like you know, on American soil, all of this kind of shit's going on. I would say no, but I think I'm based on the fact that I feel like Sword is supposed to be supposed to be like an intergalactic type thing, right? Correct me if I'm wrong. Okay, but I could be wrong. I can't remember what the acronym stands for. To be fair, <laughs> neither can I. So yeah, I don't know. But it'd be nice if maybe you know we get a little Sword into into webbing kind of thing, you know. But yeah. But then thinking about it. If this was supposed to be the first series, then they introduced Sword in One Division, so they wouldn't then have introduced it in this series. So that's true. Hmm. That's true. Yeah. Any any last thoughts on on this this episode and series from either of you? Um, I think I agree with Obes. I think it is slightly better than the previous episode, but I feel like I I just don't know what I feel like how I feel about the actual minions of the flag smashes as of yet. Mm. I feel like there's a lot more to. I feel like my issue is, and it's almost similar to One Division, but mm, slightly different in the sense that 
I just don't think they've got enough time mm. to do everything that they could possibly do with the series. I could be wrong, but like four more 45 minutes, so that's like three hours left to either make us hate or love Agent America, get the two to work together coherently and solve some issues, talk about the, was it Power Broker, introduce Zemo, get Sharon Carter involved, talk about, oh, I've got his name, uh, Isaiah, did you say? Like, mm-hmm. it's a lot of stuff to cram in, as well as figure out who's given the, like, how the people get the powers, how to stop them. I just feel like there's so much to do. Mm. And I don't want to, I don't like, I feel like, I'm like, I feel like some parts of WandaVision were rushed. I did so much sitcom stuff that other parts were rushed, and I just don't want that to be the same with this. Because mm. I feel like people aren't as invested in this. And then if you start rushing it, people are going to be dis- more disinterested in it, if that makes sense. Mm. Maybe that's just me. But I think, I think I'm, I'm interested to see how the camaraderie between the two and the four of them ha- come about. I'm interested to see if the Isaiah storyline continues. And I'm also interested to see... Because I'm thinking in my head, Zemo, super soldiers, maybe he knows how to build some super soldiers himself mm. or to cure it. So, mm. yeah, I think it's interesting. Um, uh, sorry, go on. No, that's it, that's it, that's it, sorry. I'm just... um, oh, yeah, I was just going to say, like, uh, completely forgot my first point, but my second point was that um, one scene that I... So I said earlier that I didn't enjoy the therapy scene that much, but one scene that I did like... Uh, one bit of it, sorry, that I did like was um, basically when the therapist asks Bucky, like, what's bothering him? And then, obviously, the alley's into Sam's, sorry, into Bucky saying, like, what to Sam? Why did you give up the shield kind of thing? Like, it was meant for you. Steve made the decision and he wanted it to be you. And, like, the fact that you gave it up means that he might have been wrong about you. And if he was wrong about you, he might have been wrong about me. And I really like that little bit of self-realisation from Bucky. I didn't like the fact that Sam didn't, <laughs> Sam didn't, that felt like a moment like, where they could have, like, obviously it's only episode two, so I get it, but, like, where they probably should have, like, sh- both shared their issues, because Sam just replies by saying, can you uh, respect that I thought I made the right decision? But he doesn't lead into that decision and the reasoning behind it. And I'm assuming that's coming later, and I'm assuming that maybe it's going to be, uh, like, race-related, that sort of thing. Is the world ready for Black Captain America, et cetera, et cetera? Um, I'd be I'll be disappointed if they don't come back to that and have another like heart to heart that involves Steve that sort of thing that'll be because I found that line of those lines of dialogue really really like um really interesting but um yeah I was a bit upset they didn't like go more into it yeah it's, it's an interesting yeah interesting point um I think there's also yeah it would have been a, a massive thing for for Sam to take up the shield but maybe like you said it doesn't feel like you'd be accepted or ready, and it, I think it, it's worth exploring that more. Because, mm. um, like Chris said, there's, there's quite a lot to cover, and I don't know if there'll be too much time for reflection and contemplation. Mm. But, yeah. Cool. Well, uh, from a live action superhero TV series to an animated one uh, Amazon Prime's Invincible. Uh, which is from a comic series created by Robert Kirkman, who also did The Walking Dead. Uh, so Amazon are uh, invested in kind of 
adult orientated superhero content at the moment. They've got the boys, um, and now they've got Invincible. Um, so Invincible is basically about, uh, a kid called Mark, who is voiced by Stephen Young from The Walking Dead. Um, he plays Glenn, and, uh, he basically in episode one gets his powers. Uh, he is half Vol- Viltrum, Viltorian, something like that. Okay. His dad's, his dad's basically an alien, uh, called Omni-Man, and, uh, his mum's human, so he, he's half, yeah, Voltarol or whatever it is, uh, Volvic. And, um, yeah, so in episode one, um, we're introduced to the Guardians of the Globe, a very derivative group of superheroes, uh, reminiscent that's, of. Yeah, that's not even, I'd, I, I wonder if they've done that, if the writer did that in the original comic as like a, just like a taking the piss out of the Justice League. It must have been, right? Cause like, yeah, you've got War Woman, Green yeah. Ghost, Martian Man, Red Rush, Darkwing, <laughs> Aqu- Aquarius. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, you, you can see where the, <laughs> where the, um, inspiration, shall we say, came from. Um, but you're introduced to these characters and then, um, right at the very end, uh, Omni Man kills them all. In very, very, very graphic, very graphic detail. Um, so much so that the series is rated 18 because of it, but yeah. <laughs> hey ho. Um, yeah, so that, that happens in episode one. Um, and then episode two and three sort of deals with the fallout of, of that. People don't know that it was Omni Man. He's sort of claiming that he was, you know, knocked out as well. Uh, and then the formation of the new Guardians of the Globe, um, which is, um, yeah, there's Duplicate and, um, the Electro guy, can't remember, Rexplode, I think his name is, um, a guy called Robot, who is just a robot, and, uh, <laughs> a couple of other characters. Um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, there's, there's three episodes released. I imagine the rest will be released weekly. Mm. Um, but what did you think of it so far, first impressions? Just quickly before we start talking about, it, what do you, so obviously, um, Netflix normally do like the release everything all at once, but with Amazon, I think they, did they do this with the boys as well. I can't remember, but um, release they release with this they release three ago, and like you say, assume they're going to do it weekly after. What do you think of that um, that approach? I don't, I don't mind it. I, I don't. If they're releasing them in batches of three, then okay, interesting. I mean, introducing two and then subsequent ones, I get. Three seems a bit random. There's supposed to be eight episodes in this season, so you're already, yeah, yeah. So you're already almost halfway through the season. Yeah, three seems a bit strange to me. I don't really know. I think why. I, yeah, because like in my comments in our group chat, I was saying I'm not sure if they can go very past one one season, but I, I can't remember if I finished quite finished watching the first episode or not. There, but um, yeah, I think I think they could delve into quite a lot but. well just quickly to cut you off chris um i was listening to a review of it and these people from people who've watched who've uh, read the invincible comic and they were like oh yeah i hope they go into da 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 but that might take them up to like season 15 and i was like fuck it out how long is this how long is this comic <laughs> so yeah i reckon there's probably quite a lot of uh content for them to go into you could literally do anything with with this can't you it's it's you know you can keep introducing new aliens or new you know, 
enemies, um, new superheroes. It's literally the world is your royster, um, or the universe is your royster. So, yeah, I mean, I, I'm not kind of super engaged in this, to be honest. I think the, um, I think the episode's too long. Yeah. Uh, 45 minutes and particularly the first episode it sort of felt like it ended um after about 30 minutes and then the last 15 when you sort of all of the superheroes get that message and then go to the place and they die that sort of felt it didn't flow really with the rest of the episode and yeah. I was sort of like that could have been the start of another episode <laughs> I guess that's the point though isn't it that it was like something outside of the story that we were we were perceived to be seeing. So like we we were we were heavily focused on Invincible when and then in the background or just shortly after the Invincible discovering his abilities and doing whatever, we have a side we have a side thing happening where the big bad the big goods of the world have just been obliterated by Superman essentially, mm. which. I feel like it's almost how Superman should have dealt with the heroes in Justice League is what happened in Invincible. But um, I think that is out of all the three episodes, I feel like that's the most interesting scene because obviously it alludes to whether was Omni-Man really being controlled or not. Well, yeah, it's like... um... A lot of these things would not, it would normally be like a, so I'm, I'm stealing this point from somebody else, by the way. I can't remember who yeah. made it. Uh, they said like normally a lot of these, uh, themes in these sorts of shows, when that sort of thing happens, would be like a who done it. But because obviously we've seen it, it's more like a why done it. And like we're three episodes in now. And we still don't know why, uh, Omni-Man decided to do all that, all that madness. So I think, um, that, that alone has just kept me interested into seeing like what's going to happen with the season. Cause I just want to know why he did that. It was kind of mad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You've also got at the end of episode three, and um, Robot releases the two blue twins, the Mauler mm. twins, um, which is sort of like, why, why have you done that? Um, yeah, I, I just don't find that interested to be honest. But I will continue to watch it. It's only eight episodes. That's the thing. I, I am interested. I'm interested, but I have found myself recently um, being much less interested than I used to be in animation um, and animated stuff which is a shame because I think there's probably a lot, a lot of good stuff out there that I could be watching but I don't know why Like, it just doesn't grab me the same way as it uh, used to I don't know if that's with age or if that's something else, I don't know I think you know, I think graphics um, computer generated imagery is so good now mm. that Stuff which was basically just confined to animation because it was so kind of out there is now quite possible. You know, in episode two of Invincible, when those aliens come through the portals, like that's quite similar to, you know, how a lot of the Avengers come back in um, in uh, Endgame, mm. you know. But visually, it just, I mean, maybe it just looks better as live action. Mm. I, don't, I don't know. Mm. Um, yeah. And Chris, thoughts? On, on what part? Any of it. Oh, um, yeah. Uh, I feel like episode two and three weren't as entertaining as episode one. I feel like they... <sighs> uh, yeah, I agree. Like, 
I I used to be really involved in like watching cartoon uh superhero stuff, but I'm not as engaged anymore. Like Young Justice, I used to love that series. Yeah. Season one and two I do love, but season three I've had no real absolute desire to like watch it and I'm knowing there's a season four I feel like I should want the desire to watch it. Mm. Um I feel like there's a lot of politics within a superhero kind of series and I don't know necessarily if you care to watch that in an animated way. Um but like I do think this could be a good series. I think decent decent first episodes um, I'm, a bit annoyed, I'm going to be a bit frustrated that it's once a week, so I'll probably end up stacking them unless we're going to do a weekly review on them. Um, no, I'll probably oh. work weekly, actually, if we're doing a weekly review. But, um, be fair, Chris. Huh? I'm called to just wait till the end of the season and then review. Yeah. I feel yeah. like I'll drop off in a couple of episodes anyway. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I just feel like there's interesting characters. Um, it shows that they're all vulnerable in some way, shape, or form. Mm. So, yeah. I, I think, you know... As, as ridiculous as it sounds, there might I might be suffering from superhero burnout because I know what you mean. The only thing that separates this from any other superhero thing is the fact that it's very violent and animated. Like if it if it was live action and violent, then you've got the boys. Um, you know, otherwise it's just animated and, and gory. Like okay, fine. Like you know, a lot of the characters are very derivative because it's probably quite difficult to be original now with these sorts of things. Um, you just sort of think, what is it contributing to the genre? I don't really know at this point. So um, we'll continue. But, um, yeah, I, I, I'm not kind of, you know, it's, it's not like, oh, I can't wait to watch the next episode. It was sort of like, oh, mm. I've got 45 minutes to watch this. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I do think this suffers from, it is too long. Like, I think it should be capped at half an hour max. Mm-hmm. Yeah, probably. Um, yeah. But, yeah, like... Like you say, like I, I do like it. I don't love it. Um, and if this, if they said, actually, no, that's a lie. I was going to say, if they said we're not bringing out any more episodes ever again, I'd be like, I wouldn't care. But I do just want to know what Omni Man's up to, so I'm lying there. But they got, they got me with that one. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like I think it'd be nice to see them maybe uh, to see how they delve into like other characters and certain maybe certain relationships. So. Uh, Eve, I think her name is Eve. Mm-hmm. Um, what's the what's the kid's name? Mark. Mark. Even Mark. Maybe see what's going on there. Obviously, Mark and Amber as well. See what's happening there. I got the feeling that maybe Amber has ulterior motives. What do you guys think? Well, he makes the point of like you didn't really notice me until you know he he stood up to that bully. So mm. yeah, and now all of a sudden she seems quite keen, but. Mm. Yeah. yeah, and I suppose it's maybe he's just being a pessimist. I don't know because like, mm. how is anyone going to notice you if they if you're not in their eye line, you know? Mm. But I get his point as well. But mm. uh, I did find it interesting, like the tech they've obviously got very high tech in this in this uh, series because they were like trying to bring them all back to life, weren't they? At the yeah, like, where they caught the head and stuff, and they said they nearly saved one of them and. Mm. And I also thought, oh, oh shit, what's the other comment? Gonna... And then we got a Hellboy looking for. Oh wait, have you guys watched all three? Yeah, yeah. The Hellboy looking character. Yeah. Uh, investigating it, like telling the dude with the scar on his face that something, something's a bit amiss, and the guy with the scar on his face is like, you don't want to mess with me. Don't tell me I'm wrong. 
kind of mm. thing. I was like, I was like, this this interaction doesn't make sense in my mind, but I feel like um, so that guy. I think his name. What was his name? What's what the name? demon guy? No, the the head of whatever organization. Cecil. Tesla, that's it. I don't know why I wanted to say Cassidy. I don't know where I got that from. Um, I feel like he, in his, in the back of his mind, knows that the dad, uh, that Omni Man, has something more to do with this than what he's saying. I think he knows, which is why he come back to the house and asked him again, and also probably why they're surveying the house as well. Uh, but he just didn't want to say anything in front of anyone until he had it like, confirmed. I reckon. Mm. Yeah. It's also, I mean. You know, the fact that Invincible and Omni Man is just so OP. Like, he literally is invincible, so there's not really any danger to him. He's not, though. Well, yeah, we'll see. But, yeah. Um, yeah, so, I mean, we'll, yeah. Also, I thought Omni Man did a madness to that other planet. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was good, though, like, obviously, this guy isn't Superman. He's someone who is, I suppose, looking after Earth and stopping any threat completely from coming back it's it's almost more realistic in the sense that superman will probably let a villain stay alive while mm. this guy will absolutely de- obliterate a whole whole earth uh, well a whole planet to mm. uh stop something from happening again which I think it's re- sorry it's th- i think it's more realistic as well in terms of like people were actually dying as well like yeah. mm. I think when the first alien alien att- the attack happened they said oh yeah 300 and something people died and I was like okay yeah that's realistic because <laughs> they were coming through and rinsing everybody so yeah, yeah. Um, there was another thing I was going to say bollocks what was it it was to do with the uh, oh yeah I thought the bit with um the the alien that Seth, Seth Rogen voiced when he was like oh yeah you didn't your planet call for a um, like a, a, a yearly test or whatever to test um, your protector of superheroes of the earth or whatever I thought that was really funny and obviously he got the he got the name of earth wrong he wanted to go to Uraf or whatever it's called yeah <laughs> yeah so yeah I mean I'll watch it but I'm not I'm not yeah. super engaged there is a lot of superhero content out like mm. as past couple years like I do understand what you mean but at the same time like I think there's a there's a, a superhero thing coming out on Netflix in May which I'm definitely going to watch so you know oh what's it called uh, Jupiter's Legacy I think it's called oh okay is that, is that the follow on from Jupiter Ascending um no funnily enough I started watching that film the other day it's very bad don't watch that <laughs> don't watch that you could have very... told you mate I would have told you <laughs> and there's also that um Victorian X Men looking thing that yes. there was a trailer up for. Can't yeah, remember yeah. what it's called, but Neither can I. I'll, I'll probably give that a go as well. To be <laughs> That's what, I'm, a, I'm a sucker for this shit. They got they've already got me. Hook line and sinker. You know? Hook line and sinker. <laughs> um, any oh, at least once. To be fair, I was trying to finish. I was trying to finish. Um, Dagger the other day because actually it's a fairly decent series, but it's just like just another series. Mm. So, I, I'm a bit baffled on how. Um, the Runaways got three series, while Cloak and Dagger only got two. But yeah. actually, don't watch all of that. I think yeah. I think timing more than anything, Chris. I'm not sure if they come out. I think one come out come out the year after the other. Um, <laughs> and I think it was in 2019 that Disney just decided to cut everything and said, "Yeah, because everything's going to Disney Plus now, so everything that's in production, yeah, stop." So yeah, or anything. Yeah. Any other business? Um, I. I just want to quickly say that I watched Pieces of a Woman on Netflix, which is um, 
Vanessa Kirby is up for Best Actress for that film. Uh, it's a kind of very, like, depressing study of this woman who um, loses her baby um, and Scott Shia LaBeouf. Um, and it's basically just about how, yeah, lots of things start falling apart for her um, after the loss of the baby and, uh, like, family drama and stuff. It's a powerful film. It's, it's just mm. two hours of quite depressing material and there's not, you know, super hopeful light at the end of the tunnel. But um, I can certainly see why she was nominated for it because the opening 24 minutes is a continuous take of basically her giving birth. And mm. it's, yeah, quite intense. Um, and Sheila Booth is good in it, although I know he has his off-screen problems. Um, yeah. But he, I think he's he's a very... He plays that sort of character, like the sort of... Um, you know, uh, is it blue collar um, type worker quite mm. well? Um, although, yeah, it doesn't excuse his actions um, in his personal life. But yeah, any other business? Anything else you guys want to just quickly mention? Um, no, but I think Obi, you might like the series Ginny and Georgia. Uh, I have seen people talking about it. Um, I might give it a try. You might, you might. I'm putting this one as a might. The mum and the daughter, right? Yeah, the other the other series I suggested, I'm pretty certain you'd like it. This one, this one, I'm a, I'm a maybe. You I'm, might just, like. I'm pissed that they cancelled. What was that show called? I'm pissed they cancelled that show. That uh, show was like, very decent. I can't remember what it's called, but they were like uh, undercover agents as well, weren't they? Oh. Annoying, mate. That warrior nun, mate. They get rid of all my fucking. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what's the, what was the second series that you're recommending, Chris? I didn't hear it. There's only one, Ginny and Georgia. Oh, I thought there was another one you were going to say. No, that was one Freddie recommended to me. This was like a year ago or so. You would hate it then, so don't worry. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's annoying me. You would absolutely are you, are like you guys... Bounty Hunters or something, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll type it in Netflix now and see if it comes up. Did you, are you guys still watching Homeland? We'll talk about that at some point. Yeah, I'm on episode 11, so I've almost finished season one. Oh, um, okay. But I'm enjoying it. I'll start it again. I am halfway through season four, so... Bloody hell. Yeah. <laughs> the problem I've got is I'm currently watching 24, so... Oh, it's gosh. going to have to buy some time in between it to be watched, but I'll, I'll put it on the list. Okay, that's cool. Uh, I'll have to just skirt around what might, you know... I'll have to re- try and remember what happens in each season so I don't spoil anything for you guys, but... I, no massive spoiler, but that's it. Uh, oh, okay. Teenage Bounty Hunter. You were close. Mm. <laughs> yeah, it does not sound like my sort of thing. Yeah, um, definitely not. <laughs> cool. Well, next week is Easter Sunday, so uh, I don't know whether we'll pod uh, maybe Bank Holiday Monday if we are free. Um, but, uh, you know, at least we've got Falcon and Winter Soldier. Um, and I'll look at our, our Trello thing. Um, to see what else is, is on the list. But, um, yeah, if, uh, let me just check it. Dun, 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 personal boards. God, I can't even use this thing. So while we're on it, sorry, why would you know, we're just talking, closing it out. Have either of you watched Watchmen, the TV series? No. no. Only though. I'd recommend it to both of you if you can find a way to watch it somehow. Just a one and done, isn't it? One and done, yeah. It's a good, very, very good show. Okay. I'll check it out. 
at some point. I maybe have to get a Now TV pass again for that. But um, yeah. Yeah. just as we were, just as we were talking about superhero fatigue, I just suggest another superhero. <laughs> <laughs> no, fair point. All right. Well, um, yeah, you can follow us on social media. We're on Twitter at YC Podcast 17 and Instagram as Jurafridge Critics. We're also on YouTube and uh, there may be a little YouTube project that uh, one of us might be doing at some point. Um, you can also... What YouTube project did you say? YouTube. YouTube. <laughs> oh. Um, you can also find us on Spotify, Apple and everywhere else you get your podcasts from. So, yeah, tune in next time. Keep it sexy. Safe.